Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, where I'm joined by my wife, Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. In these episodes, Stephanie and I have a conversation about the different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters, because we believe that for those who are awake, we are living in and through the most impactful time in history. Your view of the world is the filter for how you will experience the evolution and changing dynamics of it. Our intention is to provide you with ideas, nutritious food for thought, and some tools that you can use to help you in being your greatest self and living your best life. Listen in. Enjoy. Hey there, and welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters, Stephanie. Hey, hon. So another amazing topic, as we always do. Here we are again. How was your week, by the way? Quickly. Good? It was good. It was good. Lots of little uh, herky-jerky stops and starts, you know, some ups, some downs, but ultimately uh, it was good. Okay, awesome. Well, you know, part of what we're going to be talking about today is around resistance. And uh, we could go into some, uh, I think it was Star Trek. Resistance is futile. That was the Borg with Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah, the Borg was coming in to just take over everything. And they were so clear and so committed that they knew that their tagline was resistance is futile. Okay, so resistance is futile. And along with resistance, we're going to even be delving into a little bit about relationship and, you know, how to argue. I think that's a thing, you know, like how to's, you know, we'll talk a little bit about relationships and things to consider when you get into those heated debates, you're resisting. Yeah, you know, I want to be right. You must be wrong. Those kind of conversations that we sometimes have. And uh, not just with, you know, not just necessarily with significant others, but even with, you know, friends, business partners, whatever it might be. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. What's your thoughts? You up for that? Absolutely. It sounds like three topics in one, but it actually all ties together really well. And we think about resistance. We think about what we want, what we don't want. Do we want to change? Do we want to hear the other person's opinion? Notice the feeling in your body if you're resisting something. So I think that all that ties them all together. I'm excited. Beautiful. Okay, so before we get started, because we have launched our YouTube channel, many of you are listening to this on audio. So just a shout out if you're listening to this on audio. If you would like to uh, view us, see us kind of community-wise, communicate with us a little bit better, jump on YouTube, the Everyday Millionaire Podcast on YouTube. And I'll be putting these up, or the team is editing these. That usually goes out our audios on Thursday. The video will be up by Friday sometime. Friday, I think, afternoons is when it gets loaded up. So, as always, as well, like, share, subscribe. We're trying to grow this amazing Everyday Millionaire Mindset community, so we'd like you to participate in that. So if you're listening on the audio, awesome. And uh, But we, we know that we literally have now, like, thousands of listens on the audio. And uh, I'd like to get some people into the community on the YouTube side of it, Stephanie, mostly because it's a, it's a good communication. You can comment on there. We can see likes. We can see feedback, that kind of stuff. So that would be kind of one of my goals. How about you? Well, it's helpful for us because we don't know if we're actually reaching the people that we want to reach and, the, and connecting with our community. And, you know, even if it's not a like and a share, maybe it's a, a feedback or something we could do mm-hmm. better. Or a topic suggestion. I mean, to me, that's an interactive way of being. So I, qu- I quite like it. I'm a little nervous because, of course, I always feel like I have a face for radio. But ultimately, um, it'll be uh, it'll be fun to grow all the platforms. It will. Okay, so let's get to work. Now, we're talking about resistance. And, you know, I like to lead into these things with a little bit of a 
I think we all know what resistance is, but it's always good to have a definition to work from that we're all working from the same page. So resistance is the refusal to accept or comply with something, the attempt to prevent something by action or by argument. You know, so she put up no resistance to being led away. I guess she was being arrested in that case. And then the ability to not be affected by something, especially adversely. Some of us, for example, have a lower resistance to cold than others. What a great example. I have a very low resistance to cold these days. And uh, so there, a little bit of a definition to work with. Well, it's come up a couple of times. And the word resistance means to me is that what, what are you resisting? What are you not wanting to look at? What are you not maybe wanting to change? What are you denying? What are you pushing against? And when you think about resisting something, there's there's two ways of looking at it. For me, the first one is, what are you not wanting to hear? What are you, what are you not wanting to know? What are you pretending not to know? So that it creates a stop, kind of a stop gap in what it is that you're thinking or doing or wanting to do. And the second thing is, is what is it that you don't want to maybe have flow around? You have a, a line that you use all the time is, is, is don't force the river. And I find sometimes when, when I'm trying to force the river, there's something else that I'm resisting. It's either an awareness, a truth, uh, a reality check, something that I'm resisting. So I'm either not wanting to know something, I'm pretending not to know something, or I'm trying to push the river. So resistance becomes something actually quite, man it manifests quite physically in me. I can feel a like a charge in my body. My shoulders get tight. Uh, my jaw gets tight and I and I, I kind of dig in. So I think as we unpack the word resistance and there's so many different angles and, and dimensions to it, I think it'll be interesting to see how, where this conversation goes, especially because we want to link it to communication and relationship. Well, there's a couple of things around this, right? Which is in the context of resistance, you know, sometimes we're not even aware of the resistance that is showing up. And, you know, in the context of mindset and how mindset matters, you know, we look at different topics that we bring forward. We're saying, well, you know, where is resistance going to impact us and some of the goals that we are trying to achieve? Where are we bumping up against this seeming, you know, seemingly uh, glass ceiling? Uh, where is the resistance to being able to move forward? Why is that happening? You know, total off, a little bit of a rabbit hole, if you will. But when we look at, you know, I say about resistance, you know, there is, you know, physical, we believe, and we have lots of illustrations over the years that resistance sometimes shows up and the sign that we get is a, a physical manifestation of something. So when you look at a physical manifestation, so for example, a knee injury, a lower extremity injury. Oh, yeah, Louise Hay. Louise Hay. So is that resistance to moving forward? And, you know, over the years where I have had injuries, where I have had those moments in time where I physically manifested something, it was in reflection and in thinking about it that I realized where that resistance was. What was always interesting about it every single time is that when I became aware of what I was resisting, all of a sudden it let go. And it took an injury. You know, we've used this phrase many times, which is, you know, the universe sends us signals. But don't worry if you don't hear it because it'll just turn up the volume. And often that volume that it turns up shows up you know, as a physical manifestation of an injury or something along that lines. And some who are listening are going, you guys are whack jobs. What the hell are you talking about right now? But listen, this has been our experience and we've seen it and proven it many times over the course of years, not just personally, but as we've seen it in others as well. 
I think if don't step over the Louise Hay piece of it, she wrote a book called You Can Heal Your Life. Um, and she's written many bits, Hay House books, actually. She passed away a couple of years ago at 92 years old, cured herself of breast cancer. And she did a lot of work in the HIV and AIDS world and really talked about vibrational healing. And we talk about resistance and knees because we both had the injuries. It was a unwillingness to be flexible. I think that's the that's sort of the the trait when you have a knee injury. There's a resistance and unwillingness to be flexible. And that thanks for bringing that up because that's where that resistance comes for me is that I have an unwillingness to be flexible. Maybe to drop my guard, drop my opinion, drop my ego around something. And then I have that resistance in my body and then something generally gives. I'm not prepared to keep injuring myself. You know, if I'm noticing a message that I'm getting or an intuition or something and I'm resisting it, I take a breath and I look underneath it now because the line that I like to use uh, is what you resist persists. Mm -hmm. What you resist persists. So I'm not talking about resisting, you know, negativity or trying to push back against tyranny and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm not talking about that kind of resistance. I'm talking about resistance, resistance to the things that could move your life forward. And what are you pushing back against? What are you resisting in terms of growing or, or being flexible or having flow in your life? Well, we talk a lot about, you know, we have spoke a lot about, you know, fear and fear, anxiety and dealing with anxiety. And, you know, both of those two things are kind of an indication or often an indication of what you're resisting or that you are, in fact, resisting something. And, you know, when you go back to what you started with is talking about flow and where is the flow and where have you lost flow in your life, in your business, in your career, your relationships, per, uh, perhaps. And so the question then becomes, are you even aware? So in this particular conversation today, some of you may be thinking, okay, where does this apply? How do I apply this? The question sometimes is just is what am I resisting? Now, you've had this conversation with your athletes many times. I think you shared a couple of different stories about one of the questions you ask them when you're having discussions with them about what they're bumping up against or where they're not training well, performing well, maybe they came off a competition, maybe they're just not jiving, they can't seem to get it together. One of your questions is, what are you resisting? And I think that's always a great question because we think it's always outside of us and we're looking at all of the excuses. That's our kind of our go-to is that it must be outside circumstances. It's like, it's the economy, you know, in your athlete's case, it's, you know, my skates, it's the ice conditions, it's my partner, you know, whatever it might be. But if we just step back for a little bit and say, in amongst all of those excuses, what am I resisting? So I don't know if you can give us a little bit of an example, perhaps, of where you see it and have worked with it with your athletes. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think the biggest thing is when I'm bumping up into a, a goal, for example, the bigger the goal, the bigger the resistance. That's what happens. It's like there's this automatic universal law around pushback and resistance is that when you set a goal, it's about who you have to become to get that goal. But if you've never done something outside of what you already know, there ha there's an automatic resistance that happens. So when I ask the question, you say you want the goal, you say you're ready to commit, you say you're ready to do the work, do what it takes to get there, and then things show up to test you. So what are you resisting? Are you resisting wanting the goal? Are you resisting who you have to become to get the goal? Are you resisting the challenge, the hard work? you know, the, the sweat, the blood, the tears that goes with it. 
maybe another form of sacrifice, something else you have to give up or something you have to do in order to get that. So there's that resistance, that, that overcoming inertia that has to happen in order to step into the next level of what you say you want. And that's what I love about what I call the champion's journey is that the, what resistance shows up is also what you need to evolve or involve. So it's what you resist persists, but what you involve dissolves. So it softens the conversation when you can involve the conversation, what it is that you're resisting. Let's talk about it. Let's chat about what you're resisting. Let's involve it into the plan. Let's bring it in. So the evolution of you as a human being first and an athlete second or a business person, but as a human being gets to go on that ev evolutionary journey to somewhere you've never been before because the future is unknown for all of us. So that's part of resistance. So what you resist persists, but what you involve dissolves. So good when you kind of break it down that way, because here's something that I think is from a coaching aspect and, and a self-discovery aspect. You know, when we talk about shift, so our coaching program shifts, setting honest intentions for transformation, which is really about self-reflection and looking at what it is that gets in your way, because it's always you, you know, at the end of the day, it has to land with you in terms of what you're challenged with in terms of achieving the goals or the outcomes, whatever they might be. And the goals and outcomes we're talking about here may, may not have anything to do with careers, business, money. It could be totally just about great relationships, great family relationships, great friendships, whatever uh, else there is out there. There's a lot of things that we try and achieve and we set goals for physical, mental, all of those things, all seven areas of our life. But here's the thing about resistance. When you start to shine a light on it differently, you draw back from the excuses and you start to unpack what the resistance is. And often you're going to find out that it goes to the age old, the resistance and the fear of being judged. You're resisting being judged. You're resisting being wrong or being considered wrong or being accused of being wrong or being told you're wrong. You know, there's all of this ego protecting itself again. and now, we've had this conversation ourselves, I think on the show, we've shone a light on it, like really tough to, I think it was with you. I don't know, I was so many podcasts, but you put yourself out there. You know, we go on YouTube, we go on these audio, we put our kind of views of the world out there and it's out there for people to judge. And, you know, you have to get over that. You have to let it go. And we've certainly done that, but there's always that little niggly like, okay, how far do we push this envelope? What do we say? What do we don't say? Because why? There's a resistance to being judged, to putting yourself out there and risking, I don't know, perhaps reputation, what you think people think of you. I mean, there's all those things that go on with the mental aspect of resistance. So the point of that is to say, okay, if you're feeling that and you're not moving forward or there's something in your way and you're making excuses, what are you resisting? Probably is a great question. What do you think? What are you resisting? But I don't know if many people actually ask themselves that question as part of their goal setting or as part of what's going on. And the term we use sometimes is that things are getting really sticky. It's really sticky. I need, I need to figure out what it is that I'm resisting or what I'm not communicating around clearly. And when you think about resistance and about what are you doing to get in your own way to get your goals, it also lands as a giant excuse just to stay put. And that way you're not going to get judged. You're not going to get hurt. You're not going to have to look at what you're doing right or wrong. You just get to sit in that level of comfort. And when you know, when until you're willing, and the keyword is willing to move through the resistance, I think, and be uncomfortable, 
actually being comfortable being uncomfortable. That's what I've gotten to in my life is that I'm really uncomfortable when I'm comfortable, but I'm much more comfortable when I'm in discomfort, which means I'm moving through resistance or I'm moving through the things that are putting up the, the blocks that are coming up in front of me, the, the curveballs, the things that are coming. And I don't feel like I have to surrender so harshly to the resistance and just stop cold. I can actually surrender to the vulnerability of not knowing and just dropping the resistance, being kinder to myself, listening to myself talk and going, you know what, what am I defending? What what do I not want to learn right now? What do I not want to hear right now? And just be softer, softer with myself, softer with the scenario, and then trying to to navigate some through the resistance so that I can use the skills that I have around, you know, resilience and, and tenacity and adversity training, but not let that resistance or not let that charge of my body stop me from whatever, whatever that lesson is that I'm supposed to be learning. So when we look at resistance, you know, the thing I think we have to draw our attention to is just notice it. Sometimes just noticing it and you aren't really even aware that you're resisting something or maybe you are aware and you don't know why you're resisting it. So then ask yourself the question, what is it and why are you resisting it? And what's behind it? What's underneath the resistance, which is, you know, be cautious that it isn't that fear of judgment that, you know, fear of putting yourself out there, for example, is it a risk? Do you just not want to change? You know, what is the resistance? And, you know, for example, if it's on a deal and you don't want to take the deal forward, Find out and just ask yourself why you're resisting it. And it could be just straight up. It's not a good deal. I'm resisting it because it doesn't feel like a good negotiation. I'm resisting it because I don't see that the risk reward is there. So when we look at that, number one, acknowledge it. That is always the first thing is to see or to have the awareness of that, in this case, resistance, and then break it down, lift the hood, go, what the heck is behind all of that? That's a really evolved way to uh, look at it, to get a sense of it. It will also take the edge off of it. If you've got some fear, if you've got some anxiety around it, if you've got some worry about it, it takes the edge off it because you're actually shining a light on it. And when you take and shine a light on it, it automatically takes the edge off. And sometimes that shining a light is just having a conversation, stating, stating it out loud with somebody that you're... Uh, that you can have those conversations with uh, is a great way to do it. Just a dovetail on that is that when you think about when somebody asks you, what are you resisting? And you don't know what it is that you're even resisting or that you are resisting. Listen to the language. That's, that's my thought was, and I always listen. We've got some family members who you'd ask something and they start out with, well, well, you know, I don't know. You know, there's a couple of different lines that you can hear. I can hear when I'm talking to people about, what they're going to pause or how they're going to delay any kind of decision-making or having an opinion in how they initially respond to a question or an ask or something that you have. So notice if you're asking somebody for something or for them to do something, they're like, well, I don't know, or that's kind of a big deal, or I'm not sure really what you mean. So in those moments, in those transitory moments in relationship or conversations, notice the relationship um, languaging that that person uses. And, um, it's funny that I, I, you know, I've, <laughs> I've had conversations with people that will actually say, uh, no, they say, yeah, no, yeah, no. And they cancel it out right away. And to me, that's a clue. That's a clue that there's a resistance in there for something. Either they're not willing to work with you on something, or they don't want to do something, or they're just, I don't know, in some in some cases it's just a lazy pattern
Could be. It could be. The point of this is, you know, is to look at where where it exists. What is it, what is it there for you? When you see it in others, you may you may actually be able to be a little bit more investigative and ask and see if you can get underneath what it is for somebody else, so that you can move them forward uh, into whatever conversation you're having. Now, I want to move into you know some conversation around relationship because we see resistance in all of this, and you know one of the things that we have often talked about is how do we have great relationships? How do we uh, move forward within a relationship? And, you know, like for us, you know, 30 years later, we're still hanging out. We still are in love. We, We still have great arguments, great fights, but we always come back to center and know that we're good. In other relationships that we've seen break down, we've seen what's happened over especially the past three years. There's been lots of light shone on a number of things because there's been a lot of resistance to the divisiveness that has been created, you know, at a social level and certainly within a relational level when we see all of the things that happen through the lockdowns. So let's talk a little bit about how do we communicate with a significant other? And I guess without the resistance of change or without having the resistance to them, in other words, I don't want them to be right. That would be maybe one approach to to looking at it. How do we have these conversations? I think there's resistance in all of that that I'm trying to kind of wrap my mind around and figure out how to communicate this conversation because I think it's a really important conversation. Oh, wow. I mean, I got light bulbs going off all over in my head when you say that is that when we have resistance to maybe having conversation when we're polarized or when we have an opposite opinion from somebody that we love and care about, we go into defense mode and that's resistance. Defense mode is resistance. And to me, that's one of the hardest things to move past is that defensive stance when you're trying to have a conversation with someone you care about, but that you completely disagree with. So one of the tools that I've learned to use, first of all, is is to breathe and take five seconds, breathe and not respond. Because the resistance is in me. If I'm hearing something that I don't like to hear and I'm seeing it right now and hearing it and feeling it with family members, extended family, people outside in the media, things that are happening out in the world, there's a lot that I'm resisting. There's a lot of change that I don't like that I see coming down the pipe. But if I'm in a conversation with somebody and I don't want to, you know, impale them with my opinion, I'll take a moment and just take a pause and breathe for five seconds. And one of the things that I've learned to say is, huh, interesting. Tell me more. And that way I don't have to live into the resistance or being defensive I can create the space so that maybe if I just hear what the other person's saying, I can drop my guard a little bit, be less resistant, be less defensive, less of a of a I don't have less of a guard up, I guess. Well, let's, you know, let's face it. First off, you know, to be in this level of relationship or to bring your relationships to a next level begins with awareness, right? We often get into heated debates or people get into heated debates. They don't start there you know, it escalates, you know, so the first awareness that we have to have is, okay, this is getting really heated, or I'm really starting to feel myself get pissed off, or I'm noticing that they're getting pissed off. So maybe they're not understanding, but that is heightened awareness. And that is the evolution of your own personal development. It's not about the other person at that point. So if you see that debate, that argument escalating, it didn't start there. It came down a runway, it started to ramp up, and then it was, you know, poke, poke, poke the tagger, nudge, you know, and all of a sudden, 
voices get louder, emotions get louder and harsher. And the next thing you know, we can find ourselves having conversations that we don't want to have. And then they get heated and things get said and it doesn't usually work out really well until you get through it. Now, how do we get through these? So how do we bring ourselves to a place of, okay, we want to be mature. We want to have a relationship that evolves and changes. You know, one of the tips that I recently heard, and it was a great approach, you and I do that, but it was, this was articulated, which is talk to me like you love me. So in other words, when you're in that debate, and we've done this for years, which is what we haven't done, is we haven't never made things personal. Like I've never called you names. You've never called me a name. We're debating and we look at it from this point of view, which is first and foremost, talk to me like you love me. In other words, it doesn't matter how heated it gets, how even elevated our voices may get. At the end of the day, it's not personal. We're not insulting each other. We're we're debating things perhaps in a heated way, but it's from a place of love always. Now, I don't know. Can you articulate that perhaps better? No, I thought that's really well said. Like, fight with me like you love me. Have a conversation, disagree, but remember that you love me. So if that is added on to every single conversation, can you imagine just how much healing could be in the world? even with family members, friends, if we just look at each other and remember who we are to each other, instead of fighting over issues or fighting at each other, we can look at the outcome. And that's what I really respect that. I don't know if you and I did this consciously, but when we have an argument and, we, and we're fighting, for example, which we do, and that was one of the questions, do you guys ever fight? We do. And, but we fight about the issue. We don't fight against each other. Because generally we're aligned on what we want the outcome to be and we're fighting for that. And maybe we're just taking different aspects of how to get there, but we're fighting for the same goal. And because we're very different human beings, we have different opinions on certain things, but we want the same outcomes. We want to be loved. We want to have kindness in our life. We want to have success. We want to make a contribution on the planet. And if we just use the distraction of resistance or the distraction of the argument, then we're not going to come to a common goal. And I think that's one thing that I've really learned over the years, learning how to fight with you, not against you, but to fight with you, is that we're fighting for something that's bigger than us. And if we trust that we always come from a place of friendship first and love and and not taking the not taking the piss out of each other you know we're not doing this to hurt each other but if we're coming from it in the same regard as to an outcome then i think that that fight with me like you love me becomes a mantra well i think you said something really important there that we can't ignore and we don't want to minimize it or step it over it and which is we're not fighting to hurt each other the problem is the problem and that's where the heated debate may exist. But, you know, we don't take it to a level of making it personal and throwing insults and rolling our eyes and, you know, calling somebody stupid. You know, like we don't ever go there. It's not even a thought process. As a matter of fact, I think sometimes when we get into our debates, our goal is to be the most intelligent person in the room. Therefore, we actually articulate as intelligently as we possibly can to actually debate the point. And it can get heated. There's no doubt about it. But it doesn't get insulting. So remember, it's the problem that is the problem, not the other person, not your partner. And there's a really good oh, quote. Oh, slow down, cowboy. Say that again. 
It's the problem that's the problem. Yes. It's the problem that's the problem, not the partner. And somebody will go, yeah, well, what if the partner's the problem? Okay, well, it's still, you have to look at the problem. I think the other approach that we have to look at with all of this is that, you know, there's a, a great phrase, which is, you can't win a battle without losing the war in a relationship. Yeah. So in other words, the minute you go in that it has, you have to be right, you have to win. And winning means that you're putting the other person down, you've lost. And this is so, so important. And vice versa, by the way. You know, if you've got a partner that loves to win and loves to be right, and you walk away feeling like you've lost, that breaks down the relationship full stop. You know, we have to really consider that, Again, the problem is the problem. You can't win a battle without losing the war. Because when you look at what happens when you win those battles, because you need to be right, you need to make the other person wrong, you need to kick them while they're down, uh, man, that's just bad news all around. You got to be very, very careful with that. And then why are you with that person then? Like, that's what I get well, to. Is like, I... And why are you with this person? Well, this is, okay. So first off, I don't think it's a case of, this is about evolution of relationships. This is about growing and expanding and realizing that if you wanna be in the relationship, you have to take responsibility for it. If you're spending a whole bunch of time trying to change the other person, stop it. Step back and go, what do I have to do differently? How do I have to show up? How do I have to be different? That will make life way easier than trying to change the other person. The evolution, the growth, the personal development, the awareness. I think it's not a case of, well, why are you even with that person? You may not even be evolved. At some point, you really love that person. And then you get emotional. And if you haven't done the, the work, if you haven't really looked at how you, in fact, have evolved as a person, you know, matured, uh, shifted your own thought processes, looked at how you view the world. Yeah. Then you're going to come up and hit that brick wall that says, well, I don't even know why I'm in this relationship. Well, it may be a, a good point, but ultimately take responsibility for it. That's just a kind of high level, my view of the world. Uh, not so high level. I think there's a lot in there, honey, that you really kind of highlighted is that if we link back to the, the initial part of this conversation is resistance is futile, is that once we are in a situation where we're in a relationship and we, we have goals and we want to move our lives forward and you're looking at your life partner as someone who is, is your adverse, what's it called? Your adversary. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about is that if, if I'm looking at you like my adversary that's about me. Why would I then continue to be in a relationship with somebody that I hold as my adversary until you become my ally, until you become when we're fighting for something, not against each other, then we don't have that ability to solve problems on a higher conscious level. And I think that's what really what this conversation is about for me is that when you think of problem solving and not wanting to change or, or resistance to hearing somebody else's opinion, even though for us, we've been together over 30 years now, is that sometimes your opinions just piss me off. Mm. You know, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't understand where you're coming from sometimes. But again, that's about me and my willingness to understand. Seek first to understand then to be understood. And I think from a resistance conversation to a relational conversation is that if we seek first to understand in the relationship, pause, take a breath, go, hmm. And I make, I try to make all the right noises. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Tell me more. I mean, I don't mean to be facetious or sarcastic, but 
that allows me to pause and to get out of the charge of my body and get out of that resistance to, well, maybe he does have something that I need to learn, but no, I know everything, you know? So that pause gives me that space and I take responsibility for creating that space. I think we've learned how to fight really, really well over the last few years. You're much better at it than me. So there's something to consider here and there's something we get into these heated debates and I think these are good kind of mindset based thought processes, which is, you know, if your partner says that you hurt them, it's not up to you to say, no, you didn't. You know, it's not up to you to decide no, that I you didn't. didn't hurt them. You know, if that's the language they use, then you have to really take a look at that. It's not up to you to say you didn't. You have to respect that and acknowledge it and then do something about it. Like an apology would be really helpful at that point. So something to consider. The other thing that I want to bring up is in all of this is something that you do so, so well, you know, and I can't speak for women. This is maybe what you can do. I can speak a little bit more for on the man side of it. You know, what I think most husbands or significant others, you know, men, I'll start most men, is they want to know that they're good enough in the eyes of their significant other. So in other words, you know, if you get into these heated debates and you start beating your man down, like if you have just got to be right and making them wrong and you start getting really critical, you start getting really negative, you are literally shutting them down. Men just need their significant others to know that they believe the men, the husband, the significant other is in fact capable, competent, can look after them, can look after their family. That is a male thing. And I think that it's helpful for women to know you do a brilliant job of it. You pump my tires at the right times. You believe in me and I know you believe me. I know that you just aren't, you know, saying it. And so that, in fact, gives me a lot more confidence. And I see and I believe, I don't know if it's true. I know it anecdotally with some clients. And I believe that it's so important to make sure that in the case of a man, that you as the significant other is letting them know that they're doing a great job. Ooh. Any comments on that? Yeah, I think with I have friends, I have clients, I have women that I know that need to hear that you know they need to hear that because there's just times when you piss me off so bad that i i feel my natural instinct would be to say something mean or negative or whatever but that's not true because it's not how i feel so i don't give myself over to that ego reaction and thanks for saying that because i do believe in you and i always seen your brilliance and sometimes to the point of irritation for you you're like you can't see my brilliance because I'm not brilliant. And then I'm fighting to tell you how brilliant you are. And I'm like, what am I doing? Okay, it's not quite like that, but thank you. Yeah, it's kind of like that. <laughs> it, it has been like that in the past where you okay. didn't believe and I had to believe for you. Mm -hmm. But I do, I strongly believe. And, and I think that I want the people around me to know how strongly I believe in them or I wouldn't be investing in the relationship. I'm, I'm way too arrogant. I think way too highly of myself to surround myself with people that, that don't see their brilliance. Well, you make a really good point right there. And as, as much as I made it about men, I think that you just made a really good point, which is something that I think we can all give some thought to, which is, are we making sure that the people around us, we 
are letting them know that we believe in them. Just a little bit of food for thought. That's where confidence is born. That's where relationships are growing. And it's easy to look at the negative side of things. Okay, so the resistance is that, oh, I don't want to tell them that because then they'll be full of themselves or then I won't get as much work out of them. Who knows? But let's just make sure that in the resistance conversation, you know, if you're saying, well, no, I'm not pumping their tires. They don't deserve it. You know, they still don't pick up their socks or take out the garbage or whatever the story is. Just be careful and look at where that resistance is. And it won't be about them. It will definitely be about you. Okay, one final thing that I think that I want to just touch on on my notes here, which is around trust. And you know something? Trust can be broken down in relationship in so many different ways. And, you know, let's just talk about significant others. In other words, whether, yeah, just a significant other, spouse or whatever. And... You know, it's so important that trust over time can be broken down. It doesn't have to be a major thing. So it doesn't have to be an affair, for example. It doesn't have to be that dramatic. Trust can be broken down over time. It could be financial. It could be we have an agreement that we're not going to spend this much money on this much things. And then you find out that they're doing that and it's in behind your back. And it's not a ha ha ha. We're joking about it. Maybe you are. But at the end of the day, that is a breakdown in trust. Showing up on time could be as simple as that. What is it that you're seeing? And are you operating on top of somebody who has broken your trust in some way, shape, or form? And then, if that's the case, shine a light on it. Don't resist having the conversation. Shine a light on it. Have the conversation and then start to rebuild that trust. And what does it need to be rebuilt. And maybe you're the guilty party. Maybe you're the one that has broken the trust of somebody else. How can you rebuild that? That's a question. And then you actually intentionally go out to rebuild the trust and regain the confidence of that other person and vice versa. Oh, that's a whole podcast, I think, unto itself. You okay. know, that last piece, that's what we're going to end on. Like, wow, seriously, like I think about what it wraps up is that Take a look for me when I'm taking 100% responsibility for my role in the in the relationship, my role in an argument, my role in the fight. That's hard. I mean, I, I I can beat myself up pretty pretty significantly when it comes to thinking that I may have hurt you or I may have said something that that hurts you. That to me is one of the things that breaks my heart when I think that I've done that, and I know I have over the years. And what I've had to do to rebuild that trust. So I can only take responsibility, but trust as a foundation is earned. It's not given. Trust is earned. And once it's broken, it needs to be continually earned. And I, I've understood that. I've learned that over time. And I do everything that I can not to break a confidence, not to break a trust. And if I do, I try not to resist putting the correction in. Ultimately, that's where we can wrap this up. But I'll, let's do a podcast on trust and trust building and 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 breaking of trust and rebuilding. Okay. So when we look at resistance, we start to see that it's one of those things that it's not just as simple as the word of resistance. When we look at it from a mindset matters point of view, we start to realize that resistance shows up in a lot of different areas of our life. You know, we covered a few of them. We kind of kind of unpacked some of them. And certainly when it comes to relationship, we have to consider where is the resistance to having an amazing relationship and not easy conversations. This is an evolution. This is, uh, you know, those things that take time to 
think about, to have the awareness around and then put in corrections. Stephanie, as always, that was fun. No, you say that. You know, that's my life. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So Stephanie, thanks for joining me on the podcast. No, I don't know how to end this one. You go. Hey, that was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others. Share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.